1: Hi everyone, welcome to Nightlight. Uh, most of the Nightlight Part Two shows are about mysterious occurrences over the millennia. Sometimes it's a mystery to just get on the air, or how I find these people. Uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out who the mysterious heavy breather was from like four shows ago, but. Anyhow, uh, to further our studies of mysteries, I have two neighbors from upriver. Uh, Brian Seach is a veteran presenter at the Mothman Festival and a leading cryptid researcher in the Western Pennsylvania area. Fred Saluga is the West Virginia director of MUFON and assistant director of MUFON in Pennsylvania. Hi, Brian and Fred. How are you guys tonight? How are you doing right. tonight? Yeah, I' doing doing fine. Th- thank you for being here.
2: Thanks for um, asking me. Oh, yeah, thanks. We're we're going to enjoy it.
1: I hope hope you uh, uh, th- think that in two hours. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The you know we're all from um, you know. The Upper High River Valley. And, you know, we're so frequently overlooked for anything culturally en- enriching, but we do have the phenomenal Fur Piece Ranch and Tiffany Advances, the Wood Fired Pizza Company. Uh, some may think the paranormal cases were, you know, long ago. We don't, ha- you know, haven't had anything new uh, coming out of our area, you know, it just seems like uh most of the attention is on sedona or the hudson valley um uh, you know, what the uh like Pittsburgh to Columbus area it you know, really isn't uh an exotic uh location, but there are really is a uh, long tradition of paranormal activity here. A couple more uh, prominent cases are the uh, Flatwoods Monster and obviously the Mothman. Um, But I think tonight we're going to spend the two hours um, getting some updates and looking at um, more behind-the-scenes look at uh, so, some of these other uh, pretty significant cases uh, with uh, two of the region's leading researchers. And let me just start off with uh, Fred. It has Anything, since since you're a uh, MUFON, associated with MUFON for two states, has anything uh, come across your desk recently? I know the COVID thing probably is cutting down a lot of people being out and about. But, uh, you know, anything in the last, uh, you know, say, Couple of years or so uh, really captured your attention.
2: Well, we're we're seem to be getting a lot of orb cases, um, which really you can't you, you can't you know you, what are they? I mean, we're still trying to find that out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, we got a couple of abduction abduction cases possibly, and, and a lot of alien cases. I mean, we're seeing more alien cases than we've seen in the last maybe ten years.
1: Uh, what are people uh, re- uh, reporting? Are well, see- they're actually seeing are there- aliens.
2: That they're seeing them. Uh, um, they're race? having interaction with them. Go
1: ahead. Okay. Uh, what uh, what kind of interaction?
2: Well, they're talking to them. They're coming, you okay. know, and, and and they're seeing them. I mean, they don't really have no big conversations, but they're 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 seeing them. They're they're around their house. They're around the area. Um, you know we just had a couple- up in Mount um Davis up there. We had one where uh the lady's seen one and then her husband's seen two or three of them up there graves so i mean they're they're around I mean again, you know, but where do they go again it's everything Where do they come from, and where do they go?
1: You just mentioned you know, you've had some uh, uh reports of orbs, uh, you know, Brian, you've been studying uh, some of these light phenomenons. How do the orbs fit into this area of uh, special research uh, you're doing?
3: Well, some of these uh, orb sightings, we like to we like to call them uh, light spheres uh, for, I guess, for a better term for us. Um, this, this region has had a, a long activity of uh, people seeing these things in the woods. Um, you, know, you know, even in the woods, we're getting more reports of Bigfoot researchers being out researching, looking for Bigfoot. And all of a sudden, they're seeing these strange lights, whether they're um, uh, white or orange Uh, going through the trees, up in the sky. Um, Do they, you know, mesh with Bigfoot? I mean, I can't say they're part of the phenomena, but the one thing, over the last probably four or five years, more researchers are starting to come forward, finally talking about seeing some of these spheres as they're actually uh, uh, out on a Bigfoot uh, investigation.
2: Okay, Uh we we recently had a case that wasn't reported to MUFON, but it was a, a case where a guy affiliated with MUFON called me up mm-hmm. a couple, about, about a couple months ago, and he said he said, ain't gonna believe it. I said what? He said, come down. To, he owns a business. He said come down here. So I said okay. So I go down in, in uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, he said that uh, his alarm system went off. The police was there. and They couldn't find nothing wrong, so they came in Monday morning. And they was looking at the TV cameras, you know, that they have all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. They must
2: have had 500 orbs. That's what was setting these things off. You could not believe how many orbs was in that building. Now, again, like Brian says, what are they? We, we don't know. I mean, they're there. I mean, you know. But they're, they're there, they're, you know. And, and like he said, Bigfoot, they're in the woods. People see orbs in the woods all the time. And they see them everywhere.
1: Brian, are the the orbs appearing prior to a Bigfoot sighting or uh, appearing simultaneously with uh, Bigfoot's appearance? How's, how's that working?
3: Well, m- most of the, the, the things that we've read or talked about with people, they're in areas where there have been Bigfoot sightings. Uh, uh-huh. Traditionally, you know, a lot of researchers they will research areas that have had, you know, maybe they've had encounters with the Bigfoot, or traditionally they've received reports from a particular area, and um, a lot of times they will see these, they will just see the lights or the orbs in an area, but not see a Bigfoot. But sometimes afterwards, you know, they'll see these these spheres, and then they'll hear a, they'll hear something walking in the woods, or they'll hear they'll hear screams, but As far as actually seeing a Bigfoot, uh, we have not gotten a report where somebody has seen a light sphere and actually seen a Bigfoot in conjunction uh, really close with it. So that's why we don't know for sure if, you know, I I don't really know how how to even explain, like, how people are seeing these, these things when they're out there looking for Bigfoot or when they're out there actually enjoying the woods or on a night hike or camping out and they're seeing these things. And uh, they don't even have to deal with Bigfoot. Some people are wondering: are these earth energies, uh, or they could could they possibly be spirits? Could they be sentient beings? Actually, some people are thinking um, somehow they're energy beings in in, in term of a you know, another word. Again, uh, we don't know. It's all right now. It's all speculation. We're trying to do our due diligence and research and getting the reports, and trying to match it up with. Uh, Weather conditions with space weather conditions, and see if there's any uh, correlation. It, are
1: the white spheres that you're talking about, and you know uh, Fred's example in the building, uh, are are they similar to what Keel was uh, documenting in Mothman prophecies of yeah, you know, the the lights uh, floating over the woods in Mason County.
3: Well, that was it. That one particular case was, I think, was called Hilltop, and uh, almost exactly they were just they were. I think those those were orange, and they were just floating over the woods, almost as if they had like mm-hmm. a how do you say it, like a sentient being, or they um, they knew there was what like a purpose. It wasn't like an Earth energy type thing.
1: Hmm. Okay. It, Fred Fred um now before we went on the air it, uh, you mentioned that it, uh, you had a recent uh, uh, r- report come across your desk about this gargoyle. Uh what's the the story behind that? Uh that
2: well, Sounds very uh, intriguing Okay, I'd let you talk to Brian about that He'd done most of the investigation on it.
3: Okay uh, right, so Probably with the, uh, what you were asking about It would, would have been a creature that Has been dubbed up in the, uh, the western Pennsylvania area As the uh, Chikora, Chikora Gargoyle It was in Chikora in Butler County, PA <laughs> And the gentleman who's done the most research on that would be Daniel Hegman. And he's from an organization called the Butler for the organization, a researcher, the unexplained or BORU for short. And starting in 2011, and I think it went over to 2012, I think he has 12 or 13 cases of people seeing this large, uh, with what they call it a gargoyle. This is, I think it was seven to eight feet tall, dark gray, with the wings around its back, had a helmeted head, and it was seen uh crossing the road several times or in the woods in the uh, Chikora area okay, so
1: uh, um this sounds like a winged uh humanoid uh, figure um. Is this some kind of similarity with uh
3: Mothman? It was different looking than the Mothman. The Mothman was more of a bird or well, it was a humanoid also, but it didn't have the head. The head went straight onto its shoulders. Uh and the Mothman had red eyes. This thing did not have red eyes. So we just called them uh, we just call it like a winged entity type thing. Um, I guess if you categorize it a winged humanoid. But it was different than Mothman
1: okay uh
3: I, you know with um you
1: know Chad Lewis's book on the uh, van meter uh visitor uh, um and we get all the you know mothman information that you know, we've heard over you know last few years it it it's really a fascinating subject with with uh, it, it almost seems like there's several uh, species of these uh, flying humanoids that but are that found to be...
2: know,
3: it... oh go ahead Fred huh?
1: i go ahead. Uh, I, I, I was just going to say there. They, you know, they've also been found in c- Central America a- as well. I, it, it's really an interesting uh, subject of uh, 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 like different species or you know, different uh, you know varieties or you know families of uh, these cryptids.
2: Well, you got, you got cryptids all over the place, actually. I mean, the whole thing with a cryptid is where did it come from and where does it go? How did it get here? What is it? You know, is it actually an animal or is it interdimensional? Or is it alien? And, and that's one of the big things. I mean, you know, we don't really know. I mean, you know, until we actually catch one, And you know, we're, we're just looking at it.
1: Okay, but um, Fred, is there? You, know, you mentioned three possibilities. What? What do you think that they are?
2: I think they're coming through portals. I, I think they're from another dimension and they're coming here. They've been coming here. Um, they could be extraterrestrial, or, you know, you mentioned um, kill a few times. They could be ultra terrestrial. They could be down below coming up. Again, we don't know. I mean, you know, we see them, but we have no idea what they are. You can't take a picture of them. The picture becomes very blurry, and you can't really get a good picture. And, you know, you you, you can see with your eyes, but like I say, again, we have nothing to
0: compare it with.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, Brian, do you concur?
3: Yeah, Fred brings up a really good point, and uh, I do agree with him that we don't know. But as far as like, I, I one of my favorite sayings from Fred is always like he says, "Where do they come from? Where do they go?" Um, I think that's the first thing I learned from you, Fred, and I still, you know, it's still one of my favorites because we really don't know. We can guess all we want um, for some of the stranger ones, you know, like say a Mothman or a Dogman, or uh, it would be if we do think like like cryptids like that and then you know they're in the woods also if you think Bigfoot's a real creature if you think all these there's all of these creatures out there it may stretch the imagination to say that they're actually out there say like a bear or something like that so it especially like with some of your winged entity uh, sightings do lend themselves more to be uh, some kind of a possible uh, interdimensional type thing or, or like Fred says possibly you know uh, even extraterrestrial uh, and, again, we just don't know, and I I, I think the, that's the best thing to, to say about a lot of these things is do your research on them. Uh, when you talk to the witnesses, get every bit of eyewitness uh, testimony you can from them. Mark it down. I learned all that from Fred. I've known Fred, what, 10 or about, probably about 14 or 15 years, right, Fred, I think? Yeah,
2: about 15, yeah.
3: Yeah, and uh, Terry, my wife Terry, and I have been blessed to be able to work with him and uh, some You know, some other people like Dr. Paul Johnson, Daniel Hegman, who, who you know, who Fred's worked with also. And you just try to do the best you can when you're talking to your eyewitnesses and, you know, try to get all the information and try to make some kind of determination. But there's a lot more questions and answers to uh, to everything that we research.
2: I I just talked to a lady uh, the other day. As a matter of fact, it's a Bigfoot report I'm going on here in the next couple of days up in Westmoreland County. And um she said she's had she's had visits with Bigfoot before. And um, but this time the Bigfoot was in a tree and she says it actually looked like it was a door that opened and Bigfoot came out of it. So again, we hear a lot of times Bigfoot being in a tree. All right, they always say, Look up. Now if you got something eight hundred pounds, how's it up in a tree? How how's a tree hold it?
0: you understand okay, what I'm saying? It can't.
2: So yeah. it's got to be interdimensional. It don't have no weight. So if this woman actually seen something coming out of a doorway in a tree, you know, what can you say? I mean, you know, again, people would say, well, you're crazy. But you're not crazy because you've seen it. You know, you never call somebody crazy. I mean, you know, yeah, okay, I agree with you. I mean, we don't know. We don't know what you see. And this is one of the problems with this field, because a lot of people – when they go out and do an investigation, they think everything should fall in like say a criminal investigation, you know, blank, 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 blank. That ain't the same when you're doing something like this. You know, and and I think that's one of the problems with investigations today. Okay.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Well, um Yeah, you know, we've been uh talking a little bit about um these uh, Bigfoot, you know, to say Bigfoot uh, coming through a portal, uh, uh, interdimensional travel uh, could be an explanation for uh, brief appearances. Um, I mean, you know, people who may not be familiar with our area, um, you know, do, do you need to take into consideration that uh, the rugged terrain uh, you have a few major American rivers um, you know, rock outcroppings yeah uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of of geographical uh, aspects and, uh, or features that need to be uh, kept in mind uh, you
0: know,
1: pittsburgh and cleveland uh columbus or uh, major metropolitan centers but you know, there's still a lot of uh, farmlands you know which cuts down on you know, popul- you know a, a lot of uh Population? It, do do any of these uh, geographical features and you know a lot of uh, lower population densities um, play a role in the number of sightings for any of these uh, creatures?
2: Um, you talking about inner city? Oh, no, no, just,
1: um, you know, it, it, there's well,
2: okay. you know, a lot most, of most,
1: sparsely most populated of cryptids, areas.
2: Most of your cryptids, uh, Brian, help me out with this because you know it on this too. Most of your cryptids we find around electrical power plants or electrical um, fields, uh, crossroads. And it's interesting around a military base, um, water, railroad tracks, and what else, Brian?
3: Caves, uh, uh, you know, by, by the rivers. They, they, you know, especially like with the Bigfoot, they always say they follow the waterways. Uh, Pennsylvania has many, you know, there's a lot of limestone, uh, a lot of limestone caves, a lot of caving in. Uh, Pennsylvania. When people think of Pennsylvania, they think of Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. But really, a good chunk—I, I, I'm trying to remember the percentage of Pennsylvania which is forested. Uh, sixty to seventy percent of Pennsylvania is forested. It's rugged mountains, right? Not, and um, if something were to live there, like a bear, it would, it would do basically the opposite of what its number one predator is, and that's us, right? right. That's man, right? Why I think most of the uh, most of these cryptids are nocturnal. Um, you know, could they hide? I, I I think they could if they're in the right areas, uh, less populated areas. But like Fred says, we do get, especially with the dogman phenomena, we found out that the cases that we've gotten, a lot of them do tend to take place around electrical substations or power stations. So, what does that mean? Is that do these do those type creatures need some kind of energy to manifest into this dimension? Well, you have there's a source right there. They somehow so, can they
2: somehow manifest from that? We don't know. Well remember the lady we investigated, she said she seen a one of across the street and was actually morphing back into a human?
3: Yeah, that was up in Ohio by uh, up in Ohio, uh yeah.
2: Falls, yes. Wow.
3: Went right into it was went right into an area where there was a power substation. And it, she said that it looked like for all the horror and sci-fi fans out there, the uh, the creature from the American Werewolf in London, <laughs> and it had patches. It would look like you know patches of skin, but fur, and it was. She said it would mm-hmm. look, look like uh like it was actually morphing. And then
2: then we had the one in the graveyard up in Newcastle. You want to tell them about that one? Oh yeah, yeah. That
3: I kind of forgot about that one. It was actually a, no. a friend of ours and her daughter. Her daughter saw it. Uh, they were walking. Uh, they would do, They would do like, their little walks in, in this uh, graveyard. And uh, the storm was coming up. So the daughter went to the car, and the mother says, I'm just going to go over the hill and finish my walk. So she went, and she crested the hill. As she crested the hill, the, the, the storm was coming in. It was lightning and heavy electrical storm. It wasn't raining yet. But suddenly this is like a four-foot-tall whoop-like creature on two legs was walking around the car and they had a little dog the dog was growling and just walked around the car really quick and then it went into the woods just as she went into the woods the mom came back and the woman you know the girl was frantic and just as she got in the car it started to rain it was lightning and thunder now there's another case where heavy electrical discharge this time in the air one of these things comes out of the woods so uh, you know, there's just something really weird about the dogman phenomena, especially. And uh, you know, not all the not all of the sightings have had electrical, but a good good percentage of them, the ones that we've taken, do either they're at near or entering uh, some kind of power substation, or there's some kind of electrical interference in the sky, and these things are there. <coughs>
1: Interesting, and then get uh, you know, just you know to review some information at the start of the show. Uh, you brought up the uh, light spheres, so uh, you know, it's interesting to see where the, this light electricity. It, is always it mi- seems like it's you know f- frequently mixed in with uh, one of these um uh, anomalous sightings
3: and more people are starting to talk about it which is the thing I think is good
1: mm-hmm. and Fred you have uh you know police background um You, know, when you know, people come to you to uh, report, uh, you know what? Uh, you know, just a, a UFO sighting. Uh, you know h- how do you deal with? Um, yeah, you know, the, the uh, eyewitness. Uh, you, you, what? line of questioning do you present to them to uh, get them to talk in more detail or, you know, you're uh, able to dismiss it as, you know, there's a scientific explanation or they're presenting a hoax?
2: Well, well first of all, um, you know, you're dealing with somebody that had some type of um, uh, sighting or whatever. They don't know what it is. All right.
0: Mm hmm. So right. when you
2: when you go, when you go in, I mean, you talk to them like you're doing a regular investigation. I mean, like you know, tell me about it. You never ask them questions like, "Well, was it blue? Was it green? Was it orange?" They tell you. All right. Okay. You get all the information down from them, and then with Mupaw, we do like a ten-step program in an investigation. We actually have um, uh, sites where we can go to with like. Um, rockets, uh the the space station, uh anything orbiting, airplanes, we look at that, all right? And then we look at, okay, did it leave any anything on the ground? Like we just had we had a recent case up in uh oh where in the hell was it? Indiana County where allegedly a UFO landed up there back in the seventies. All right. Now, you know, the the people we talked to, the lady was a school teacher, um very, very, you know, master's degree and a whole nine yards she's seen it out of her bedroom window now where she says this thing landed the grass hasn't grown there since so something has been there all right um okay we we got some uh, dirt and we sent it in but we never got nothing back yet but like i say a lot of times you're seeing lights in the sky and you know again what is the light in the sky i mean you know you're It could be anything. I mean, like, you see something coming down. If it's coming down straight, it could be a um, meteor, all right? If it makes a turn, it's not a meteor. So you're looking at something totally different. And, And, again, too, you know, a lot of people see something from a mile away. You cannot tell something a mile away what it is up in the sky. But you treat everybody with respect, and, you know, you don't make them feel like they're goofy or anything, and you get a lot done. I mean... You know, even if it's not a UFO, we decide it isn't a UFO. But again, what is a UFO? That, that's the whole thing. If I throw a a toy up in the sky at nighttime, that's a UFO, if you don't know what it is. You see what I'm saying? So anything could be a mm-hmm. UFO.
1: Good. <laughs> Brian, uh, we just been talking about uh, you know the power uh, stations seem to be a uh, focal point of uh, where where these creatures have uh, been seen you know you know, uh, you know the t n t areas kind of like um, about the beginning of the mothman uh story and you know, a lot of uh, other people have said uh, a lot of these um uh, military places have um uh UFO sightings overhead um in our area, um, you know, we have a lot of uh, forts for, uh, from the French and Indian War and the Revolutionary War. Um, you know, it's military uh, concepts from you know that that period. Uh, are there any? You know, like uh you know, the colonial generals uh reporting anything um well, you know, like some kind of uh UFO type description from you know at the seventeen uh seventeen hundreds over military uh forts
3: that's that's actually a good question maybe fred could probably answer that one more than i can i don't know of any offhand but i'm not saying that they have yeah i'm going no. yeah.
2: well,
1: you get some I don't roman really know ones either.
2: but i know that uh washington had some type of experience
1: i did not know that I, uh, uh, you, yeah,
2: Washington. I, I, I you know, I, I read it. I, you know, I really don't. I, I don't know, but he had some type of experience where he actually seen something. I, I don't know. And and then, but again, you look at it. Um, uh, Christopher Columbus. All right. Right. They actually seen a UFO come out of the water. That was mm-hmm. back in 1492. I mean, yeah, you know, and true. they they seen it, and it's it's, it's actually uh, put down that they seen it. So you had, but then again, if you look back then, okay, you had the Incas, the Aztecs, and all of them guys, all right? Again, they talk about the gods. Who were the gods? They were probably aliens. So they've been around for quite some time.
1: You you can go back to uh, the Romans battling at the Milvern Bridge, and you had the cross. Uh, uh appearing over the battle field and yeah, i think that was when uh uh was it constantine uh converted to christianity but you know, others say you know maybe it was actually a uh ufo uh Instead of a saucer, it was like a cross-shaped UFO.
0: Right, right.
1: So you know, there's you know, a documented case during a military exercise uh, of a UFO. I, I was just wondering. I I I did not know about the uh, George, uh, uh, George Washington sighting, but you know we do have a, a number of uh, forts in the area. I just. Yeah. Uh, Wondered if there was ever some, you know, something documented over uh, I don't know Fort Ligonier.
2: Not to my knowledge, but I'll tell you another okay. interesting thing. If if you look at a lot of pictures, say from the 1500s, 1400s,
0: like you got a picture
2: mm-hmm. of Mary holding Jesus, all right. In the background, the the painter actually got a circular UFO in it. Well, how yeah. did that How did that UFO get in that picture? I mean. You understand what I'm saying? Why is that in there? And a lot of your pictures going to
1: Renaissance have UFOs in them. Yeah, and I think the one, Fred, the one you're talking about, it's like shooting a laser beam through the church wall into uh, Mary's, you know, the side of Mary's head.
2: No, this is a different one.
1: Okay, well, uh, there's, uh, you know, that one, uh, you know, it's like, you know, what's, yeah, probably no one in, like, the 15th century had a concept of laser beams. So, you know, where right. that idea come from unless they saw it?
2: Yeah. And then they have the one back there where the guy sitting there, this is another one they spoke back in, like, the 1400s, 1500s they painted. He's sitting there like he's in a UFO, and you can see him. He has a mask on and everything. Again, I mean, how how did they come to that conclusion back then? If they didn't see it,
1: interesting. Okay, it, it, and just um, since since we're you know, we are, you know, we've been talking a little bit about the. Geography of our area, and it's you know, they're uh, level farmlands. Or, um, <laughs> th- H- have you encountered any uh, r- reports of crop circles?
2: No, oh, I'm not a fascinating a subject. I've
1: never okay. had a no. Okay,
2: I,
3: I, I think
1: when we had Jeff Wilson from the Ser- Serpent Mounds on uh talking about you know the Serpent Mound conference you know from a couple years ago. Uh, um I think there was uh, one in the uh you know corn or wheat field uh, across the street from that effigy mound in Southern Ohio. I doesn't sound like uh, I don't know if uh, you know Western Pennsylvania had um, many uh, reported cases of crop circles.
2: I, I'm not familiar with it, any. To
0: be okay. honest
1: with you. It's just it, 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 yeah. I wasn't really sure. I, you know, I'm just kind of throwing the question out there. I, it, you don't hear I think, a I, lot. About' them in uh, e- even in Ohio, yeah,
0: hold
2: on a second I'll tell you in a second um
0: okay, why'd you kind of let just, me go
2: let me go in the move on and I'll find out for you how's that
1: okay, okay. <laughs> sounds fine it um, brian w- when um okay. you know you know Fred do his research and you'll know, we'll come back uh to him in, in a minute but um you know Fred was uh mentioning a little bit ago about some of the uh you know, evidence left uh behind of of the u f o um Stan Gordon uh yeah you know, has a photo of his uh yeah you know, this evidence of, you know, it looked, kind of looked like a steel wool that was uh reported uh being left behind after a uh encounter in you know, uh western pennsylvania uh mm-hmm. is, is anyone reporting anything like that to you as far as
3: finding
1: anything Keele. from a UFO, no. Um. Yeah, you know, like any kind of evidence, uh, Keel uh, wrote about, you know, like uh, traces of aluminum that were left behind. And i was just wondering if anyone has reported uh, something observable, tactile.
3: Well, no, actually, actually not, not for our organization. Um, MUFON would would get some of those reports. I haven't been a field investigator for them for years. I, I, I think I was an investigator for two and a half years, my wife, another year after uh, for MUFON. But um, since then, we only sporadically get a couple of UFO reports, and we take them, and uh, most of them do go to MUFON or other researchers. But we will still take them if we would, you know, happen to get, especially in our Beaver County area. But, uh, mm-hmm. you
2: know, we'll, we'll get a
3: couple occasionally, but not that often.
2: They, they um, uh, we got uh, since 1995 till now, MUFON's investigated 35 crop circles, and the latest one, which is really interesting. Um, was actually in Wayne County, West Virginia. Uh, Delmer Kelly's investigator. The report came over past three nights. Bright light, dim, disappears, then flashes again, almost like Morse code.
1: Yeah, there's, there, there, there are, a few cases, but yeah, they they aren't really plentiful. Okay, uh, yeah. th- thank you for looking that up. Let's spur of the moment.
2: That's why we have computers, my man.
1: That's <laughs> oh, interesting. It's thirty five crops. I, right? I, I just think
2: it's interesting. Let me say subject. one other thing while I'm thinking about it. Um, you know, we were talking about man, Um yeah. couple of years couple of years ago, if you remember when Cabela was given uh the they had the creature weekend down there. Mm-hmm. Okay I talked to a lady down there and uh there was a there was a Bigfoot sighting up she had dogs and there was a Bigfoot sighting up there and her son and two other guys actually had a uh dog man sighting, a few of them down in Ohio County. You know where um, the airport is down there? Yes. Okay, if you go down that road there, is that coal mine down there probably by maybe five or ten miles down? Allegedly They've seen a dog man down there four or five times, so I don't know.
1: Hmm. Okay, and are you talking about the uh, creature conference at Cabela's?
2: Yeah, about, about three or four years ago, they had it. They Is
1: started the having one? it after. Hmm? Is that the one where uh, Jeff Meldrum was a speaker? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Jeff was down here a couple.
1: Yeah. Times. Okay. Yeah.
2: Matter of uh, fact, me and Brian who, spoke down here a couple times.
1: Well, uh, I attended the same kind. Okay. I knew you earlier than I <laughs> than I thought. I thought I was really impressed with uh, Jeff's information as well. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's,
3: he's a great guy. He's a very knowledgeable researcher and uh, one of the nicer guys in the field who will take the time to talk to you and explain things to you. Oh, I had a nice talk with
1: him. I, mm-hmm. I did. I didn't realize. Yet now, now, if it had mentioned it. Uh, yeah, we were all there at, at, at that conference, uh, again. So, so it's uh, actually, and we keep, we keep bumping into each other at all these different, uh,
3: uh, conferences. Okay. Yeah, Fred, Fred, cool. Fred I, and I set up at a lot of these, uh, conferences too. And we meet like, I'm sure we met you and, uh, we just meet, you know, we meet a lot of people and we talk with a lot of different people and, uh, uh, you know, we, I think even Fred will uh, uh, probably agree. We remember faces more than names, right, Fred? Huh? I said we remember faces more than names, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, the last conference we did down there, if you remember, Brian, I just got operated off my hip when I broke my hip.
0: Remember oh, I yeah, walked up
2: right. on the stage with the crutches?
3: Yeah, that's right.
2: So how many years ago was that, Fred? Five?
3: Five or six years ago, yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago, yeah. And they were well attended. They just, I guess, they decided to go uh, in another direction, and they don't do them anymore. I think there right. was a change of uh, whoever did ownership. it. Just decided it wasn't. Up. It wasn't. Uh, I don't know. They didn't, well, another they didn't company bought them out, and they were always well attended. We always set. We were. Yeah. I think, Fred. I think we set up. I know we spoke one time, and I think we set up three or four years upstairs in that uh, in that conference yeah. room, and we had a, we had displays. Yeah,
2: right. I think we it, spoke twice down there. Okay, um, I remember once, but again, yeah, it could be no, twice. Twice. But, uh, I'm pretty sure twice. Okay, it, and,
1: and, um speaking of conferences, you, you might as well get uh give give you a uh, a chance to plug uh your upcoming conference and you know, we'll do it again uh in, in the second hour um uh, but fred uh uh you you're producing the uh conference um on saturday november twenty first right uh in, in the Uniontown area can, can you tell us a little bit about that you know the website or you know facebook page where uh, how people um, can learn more information about it
2: all right um let me get some information here I had this stuff sitting here. I don't know what I did with it um anyhow we, we um okay well you know you introduced me you said about me being with on I'm also the director of the Fayette county bigfoot research project um which is an organization out of Uniontown, Pennsylvania. And we've actually put on um, two uh, Bigfoot um, conferences a year. One we was putting down at Patsy Hillman Park in Brownsville, and the other one was up here at the uh, Morrell Fire Department where we're having this one here.
0: Um,
2: so hold on a second here. Okay, we're having this on the 21st. There's going to be four speakers. Um, um, I'm speaking. Don Ventry speaking. You heard uh, Brian talk about Dan Hagman. He's speaking. And, um, oh, Christ. I just spoke with him the other night. Um, 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 um. James Cruz. Uh, uh, All right. So the three of us are actually MUFON. Me, John, and Krug is MUFON, and Dan runs BOORO. Dan's been involved in this for how long, Brian, about 20 years now?
3: Oh, at least 20 years, yeah, maybe longer, yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and I know a lot of times if I do an investigation or somebody does an old investigation and it's up around Butler, I can ask Dan, and Dad, Dan has the information right there. I mean, you know, he comes right up with it. So it's going to be a good um, uh, conference. Okay, um, it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on November 21st. It's free, and we're going to have probably about maybe 20, 25 vendors there. So if you want to buy something for Christmas, you can probably get it there. And normally when we have it out there at the Morrell Fire Department, we normally have a good two, 300 people show up. And this is the first here, so I, I think we'll have a lot of people there.
1: Okay, and what is the uh, general theme of the conference?
2: Well, UFOs. I mean, you uh, know, again, okay. I'm going to I'm going to talk about you know are UFOs for real. I, I don't know what John's talking about. He, he changes quite a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: anyhow, uh, Krug's <laughs> going to talk about uh, UFOs, and I haven't actually asked Dan what he's talking about yet, so. But Dan, we just yep. asked Dan the other day. Somebody else was supposed to talk, and his wife died. So he can't do it, so Dan says he would take his place. So.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. You know, throughout the first hour, and we've heard a little bit about uh, some of these uh, patterns with the. Uh, light spheres, orbs, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, Many sightings occur around, you know, electrical stations. Brian mentioned the railroad tracks. Um, but In um, uh, Stan Gordon's um, silent invasion and in Mothman prophecies, there there are um, you know, these reports of uh, like over a few month uh, periods, you, you get these uh, waves of UFOs flying by uh, Stan mentions them in like nineteen seventy three uh, you get you get some of these other ones like eighteen ninety seven there was like a whole bu- uh, numerous people reporting these flying airships uh, that's a really intriguing subject as well um yeah some of the Hudson Valley ones. Um, Keel mentions uh, about the same uh, September, October time period of 1973, there were a number of sightings reported in the Atlanta area. And, you know, the Western Pennsylvania, uh, West Virginia area uh, had a number of, uh, similar patterns in, uh, I was in 1952 with the flatwoods monster being the most, uh, notable case, uh, when Andrew Smith was a guest with us, um, there's, uh, you know, reports and, um, of a, Second crash uh, nearby uh, Flatwoods, um, and you get the uh, Bashful Billy case. It was like the same night as the Flatwoods Monster. Um, what what are we noticing with with these uh, patterns of? Uh, uh, multiple crafts being uh sighted in very like small time periods what's going well, on? Are, if, is, is are they coming to uh this area or are, are we are there a couple crashes happening as they're proceeding to somewhere else
2: well uh, allegedly with the flatwoods monster. All right, I don't know if you ever heard of Frank Roschino. Yes. Okay, so Frank says what really happened was it was shot down over Flatwoods. Yeah, actually, okay. uh, you, one of our ships shot it down. There was a bunch of them shot down that night. Now, yeah, I've talked to Frank a couple times about it, but I, I really never really got into the Flatwoods Monster case. But on the same night, like you talk about, Bashful Billy. This was down in Wheeling, West Virginia. And allegedly yes. a, a ship crashed down there. They found a burned body. They said it was a woman, but a lot of people say it was actually the alien. Nobody really talked about it down there that I've talked to. Everybody hushes up. So, again, I you know, again, you don't really know. But I, I think the Flatwood Monster case, I think, if it you know, it, they were shot down. I mean, and then they left.
1: So. Okay. Uh, they showed up on the military radar. On uh, two crafts were shot down in the same night. Do uh, do, do we know where right. they were going?
2: Where the UFOs were going? Yes. No. There was. Legend. was coming from Washington D.C. area. Okay. If you remember back then, that's when the UFOs went over the White House, and they sent okay. that the uh, jets after them. And as soon as the jets came, they left. As soon as jets right. turned around, they came right back again, like more or less making a. Uh, I ain't gonna use the word making a fool out of, them, you know. <laughs> and I, I this was back then, and this is when this all allegedly happened.
1: And 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 that was all, all I, about the same uh, 19... Same time, yeah. se- se- September 1952 52. time period. Right. Wow. Okay. I just think it's a very captivating subject. I, I, I just... It, it is... Like, the, the Kecksburg is in our uh, region, but that was really a, uh, you know, a little bit later uh, a case study. Okay, 60, so it was about 13 years later. Okay, that... The Kexburg case is obviously unrelated, but what what's some of the information that we can gather from that uh, crash landing or it being shot down? Um, what can we learn? Was that just an isolated incident? incident?
2: What, Kecksburg? Yes. Yeah, it was, I said, not, nobody shot nothing, down. Okay. I mean, you know, there, there's still a lot of, still a lot of, what was it? You know, was it really a UFO? Was it a um, Russian, uh, Russian satellite? Was it one of our satellites? Um, you know, Still, till today, nobody can say what really landed there.
1: Okay, where does that uh, bell shape come from? Uh, obviously, it's different from uh, the, the saucer type craft. Uh, it, is that just from ey- eyewitness reports? Is-, is there any evidence? Any photos? Well, actually, that's
2: uh- what the satellites looked like back in. Oh, okay. Like when it came in, they said it was uh, uh, green or whatever. That was because of the mm-hmm. copper and stuff on it. I- again, like Why? I say, I don't know. Um, I'm going. I'm actually doing an investigation on Kexburg right now and uh I'm looking at a lot of different information so oh, a lot
1: of people are intrigued by it. I just uh, just just want uh, just wondering if you know there there was uh more to the story or um well just, that's yeah that that's it you know we just attribute it to a satellite.
2: Well, I think you'd have to ask Dan Gordon about that. He's supposed to be the expert on that subject.
1: Okay, I'll do. I'll do that. um it, it, and we, and we've spoken a little bit about um, the rivers in the area, know um, we also have to deal with. Uh, Lake Erie. Um, you know, Brian, are are you familiar with any USOs being in um, any of the Allegheny, you know, Monongahela rivers or? They just not deep enough, and you know, you get a few sightings in Lake Erie. You know, the sightings are mostly coming out of Lake Erie. Um, what, as, have you heard anything as, about that? As, subject?
3: Uh, UFOs, as far as UFOs,
1: yeah, or or or, or USOs. I, I've heard people saying, yeah, you know, they've you know, they've uh, you know they've read a few accounts of. USOs coming out of Lake Erie. I just wonder if there's anything um, coming out of the major rivers in the area.
3: Not. I I haven't heard anything uh, about any UFOs coming out of the rivers, but I know uh, there's a lake up uh, in Butler County, Moraine State Park, Lake Arthur. There's been, uh, talking with Dan Hagman, there's been several sightings of, uh, you know, going in and out of the water up there. But as far as our rivers know, um, okay. I don't think a lot of our rivers, they're not deep enough or just, yeah, I have never heard, you know, not, I've heard about, you know, some following the rivers, like over top the rivers. But, I mean, again, that's only what I've heard,
0: yeah.
2: Okay. What? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Let me cut in here, if I may. All right. Sure. We've had two or three sightings of UFOs going into Lake Erie, all right? Now, okay. <laughs> again, if a UFO is in there, again, what is a UFO? Is it nuts and bolts or is it interdimensional coming from another planet? Or, again, is it ultra-terrestrial coming from down underground anyhow? All right? So if you have... Say for example, in Lake Erie, it's uh, 30 feet down. A UFO goes into it, or what you call it uh, what you call UFO of water. When it UFO. hits, yeah, when it hits, all right. If it's interdimensional, it just goes right into the ground. All right. We had a case up in uh, Canada where a guy was up there listening to a football game, working back in the 60s. And uh, he was sitting there in his car, and he says he's seen one come out of the uh, Lake Erie up there. It went up, and he says it shook like a dog. The water off, and it stopped there, and it looked at the car. He says he hid under the dashboard. But again, there's been numerous cases of UFOs going into the water. We've actually had a couple abduction cases where the people said they were taken underwater to a base. Again, you know? Wow. And we've had cases where UFOs have been above water, like on the river, and they were actually mm-hmm. taking on water. It was actually pumping water into the UFO.
0: Hmm.
1: Interesting. Okay, and are any of those cases recent? No. Well, okay. come Oh. <laughs> and Brian, you—you know—we've touched on a lot of uh, unusual occurrences in the Ohio Valley region. Uh, You—you've know, you, actually been able to teach a class at. A local college. Why? How'd that go?
3: Oh, that was. Uh, I was the co-instructor with Fred on that one.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: Uh, well, that was what. H- how Eastern was... Gateway. Fred? Is that what it was called? Yeah, Eastern Gateway.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was Fred. I the co-instructor, and he set it all up. So. We
2: I think it went good. Back, on
3: on there, actually. Yeah, two. Yeah, we did two. Yeah, we did two there, and he, Fred, did several others.
2: Huh. yeah. Well, UFO, you you did UFO class or two down there too, right? Yeah, UFOs and conspiracies. Yeah. So I think it went pretty (laughs) well. The class seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, they did. We had like about thirty people in the class, both classes. Yeah. Yeah. We would talk about different cryptids
3: every week, right, Fred? What cryptozoology? uh, Different kind of cryptids. Uh, Yeah, it was it was a fun it was fun times. I, I, uh
1: that that was my next question is you know, the, the the class attendance uh you know the class size what the, are more people becoming interested in topics like this, the, the 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 mysteries, UFOs. It is, it, yeah. You might well, get you know a couple weirdos, but it, 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 you know, were most of the students like you know really interested in wanting to understand, uh, apply science to understanding something that was. Uh, uh, going on, I, it, it, it sounds like it, it would have been a really uh, interesting class, and you know, was it attracting a lot more you know, just mainstream students who who really have sincere questions about yeah, the mysteries of uh,
3: life? I, I I think so. I think what it did is remember you've had a proliferation of shows like. Uh, finding Bigfoot, and for me, it was uh, uh, one of the ones I think really opened up cryptozoology before that was Monster Quest. It attempted mm-hmm. to uh, – still, to me, it's the golden standard. Like, in, in this age, um, they did try to apply scientific – you know, they tried to show you videos. They tried to show you recording. you know, listen to recordings and eyewitness reports and put it all together. Uh, in a scientific basis to see, it, you know, if these creatures were real. And I think that's what really was the boon to cryptozoology. Uh, some people say finding Bigfoot, that was the next step, but that was only about Bigfoot itself. And uh, mixed reviews on the uh, uh, how, about how finding Bigfoot shaped uh, the Bigfoot field. And uh, some good, some bad on that. It's an entertaining show, I guess, but um, a lot of you know it was for TV, so you you know you have to take that into account. Well, I'm I'm glad it
1: got plenty of students there. I think it's one that. Rewarding aspects of doing shows like this, is, you know, just talking with a variety of authors, experiencers, uh, researchers who um, want to try to put into perspective something we really don't understand. And I'm I'm glad so many students did show up to um, well, share in what you, your interest. You know, just not to uh, conform and just you know, just go along with uh, uh, just, uh, it. It was just swamp gas. Don't, you know, just don't think anything else about it. And I'm glad people were being. Uh, Independent thinkers, critical thinkers.
2: Well, I think Go you ahead. have more and more people that are starting that. I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. I, I thought i think I think I taught three classes on UFOs down there. Taught a class in uh, Beaver County on UFOs at the community college up there. Was mm-hmm. supposed to teach a class class up in Westmoreland County, but due to the COVID, um, we ain't had yeah, it. So, I mean, you know, I'm supposed to teach it again, I guess, in. Uh, um, what is this, in spring term, um, next spring, we had like 30 people uh, really wanted to take that class. So, again, Good. people were really interested in it. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: And they, wanted, they want to hear it. I mean, like yeah. me and Brian always say, you know, a lot of people say, well, yeah, they don't come to see us. They come to hear what we got to say. And I think this is the whole thing with the paranormal field. You know, the people want to know what you got to say. It's like tonight. Nobody really gives a damn about us. They want to hear what we're saying. You know what I mean? And I think if you go this way, you get a lot more accomplished.
1: No, I, 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 I think the appeal of your content is that it, it, it's just coming from uh just two regular guys who are passionate about their research you sound very uh or sincere you know I think you're uh, likable guys
0: it's
1: just it's just coming a, a, across as you know, really captivating information i i I'm learning a lot. I just, I, I just have more questions, and I, I don't have answers on this. I just have more questions, and you know, you're answering my questions, and I'm sure you are with most of the listeners.
2: I mean, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's we, all, it's always about the subject, Fred. Like Fred says, it's very interesting. Right. Yeah, it's like when, when Brian and I taught the cryptid class. A lot of people out there, when they teach you stuff or they have a class, they have the class. You're not allowed to talk while they're having a class. You've got to shut up. You ain't allowed to take notes. You ain't allowed to do this shit. Brian and I, when we give a class like that, if you've got a question, you ask us right there, and we will answer your, your question. I mean, I think this is what it's all about because you are going want to forget. You want to know right then and there. And that's why a lot of people like to hear us, because we take the time to deal with the people. You know what I mean? It's like you know we're no better than they are. We're there to give them information, and if they want the information, they can ask us, and we'll tell them. So I mean that—that's the whole thing with it, I think.
3: And we've both been doing it a long time, my wife and I too. And we do it for the passion, not for the notoriety. Just uh, uh, maybe we somehow we can put one more little piece of the big puzzle, and that's probably is. With uh, week, we can get out of it, maybe we can give someone else down the road. Maybe they learn one little piece from me and Fred and Harry and all these other groups, and you put it all together, and maybe someday something will be solved. That's probably about the best we can hope for, and I'm okay with that. I know Fred is too
1: hmm? oh, I I think you're doing a valuable service, at least just getting people to talk
2: and another another problem is a lot of the old researchers are dead I mean, they're gone it's the young generation supposed to do this we, we got to get them involved in it so it keeps going Yeah, you know and they're not really interested, they want to sit at home and play on their little computer things with their fingers I mean, you know (laughs) <laughs> A lot of people want to do research today off the computer. You can't do research off the computer. You got to go out in the field. So, you got to right. yeah, you want hands-on,
3: you want to talk to people, you want to get out to locations and pictures and measurements and look for physical evidence and you can't you can't do that part on the computer. You got to get out and do it and it's
2: fun. It's the funnest part of it, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'll be 72 years old in January, all right? These guys actually pull me up the mountain. They'll tie a rope on me and drag me, all right? Okay. But I'm out there. I mean, that's the whole thing. I'm out there. I don't sit at home. I go.
3: Yeah, we just went uh, to a cave. Uh, uh, I think I was in Ohio, right, Fred? uh um, yeah, it was an yeah. old uh, a, a quarry <laughs> cave, right? And uh, it was a blue hill going up. I'll admit, and Fred mm-hmm. made it up there, and he made it back where a lot of people would not even attempted it. I mean, and we stayed a while, and then you know we went back at night, and because uh, there was an alleged uh, uh, a dog man sighting there uh, several years ago, nothing you know nothing really happened when we were there at night, but uh, it's you get out and you do it, you get to you get to experience things, and it's not always just about the cryptids, it's experiencing nature, it's experiencing right wa- wonders and things that people wouldn't normally do, <laughs> stories, mines, graveyards, swamps, uh, just you know, haunted locations. I mean, get out and enjoy it, don't have expectations, just go into it with an open mind, clear mind, and if nothing happens, you still have your experience to look back on,
2: right.
1: Yeah, um, Brian. Since you've been uh, uh, talking about most of the students, you know, you know, really interested in this uh, subject, Uh, you and Fred hope to uh, help them to you know, continue looking for that you know, one piece that is gonna be put in the puzzle and hopefully one of your students will you know solve some phenomenon that you know we just don't understand, but it, it um, reminded me of, about just uh, you know, in the last paragraph in the Mothman prophecies, right before the uh, afterward, uh, where Keel writes, after spending a lifetime in Egyptian tombs among the crumbling temples of India and the Lama series of the Himalayas, endless nights and cemeteries, gravel pits and hilltops everywhere. I have seen much, and my childish sense of wonder remains unshaken.
3: That's great. That's a great, uh, you know, great that he wrote that. And he enjoyed life to the fullest. And he he researched, every, you know, he researched these subjects with a passion. And that's all you can ask
1: any researcher, any, you know, today. hmm Yeah, I, I think you two are bringing a, uh, doing a commendable job on t- tonight's show. And, and, well, thank and, you. And, thank you. and, 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 um, You know, you know, Brian just got me to uh, segue weight in, 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 into that. I didn't mean to you know, get go all nostalgic or uh, uh, sentimental over the conclusion of the Mothman prophecies, but... Uh, oh, that was
0: good. That you was know, good. I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, in the beginning of the book... Uh, you no, know, Keel uh well, a couple times throughout, throughout the entire book. Uh but you know, Keel does mention uh the mounds in the the Ohio Valley uh, you know, or the say say just the uh, greater Ohio Valley area. Um it, it, yeah you know, there aren't as many uh mounds in um, in the pittsburgh area um there might be you know, there's like a few that were uh documented but not you know not as many as you know kinda of like towards the uh the mason county west virginia area in in the uh ohio river valley uh, proper but um is there Some kind of connection between these uh, earthen uh, burial mounds and uh, UFOs, or uh, you know, the cryptid uh, sightings.
3: I, I I know for I I can just speak on just on the cryptid sightings. Is uh, Linda Godfrey? Uh she's the one who uh did the Beast of Bray Road in uh Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. She noticed a, a very big parallel between effigy mounds in Wisconsin and dog band sightings. Oh. Wow. I think you gotta lot okay. to do
2: with uh, Bigfoot. A lot of your Bigfoot uh sightings uh are around mounds. If you if and uh, graveyards, old graveyards
1: Is there anything specific being reported, just Bigfoot being seen near a earthen mound? Are they reported as doing anything? What?
2: Well, they, they, there have been reports of Bigfoot actually digging with their hands. In, in, the, in the mounds, and graveyards. I've never seen one. I've never actually interviewed anybody, but I have read that. This was back in the 60s and uh, 70s. If, if you really look, I mean, one, one of the things I've come to the conclusion, and Brian can back me up on this, if we investigate, um, say, 10 mothmen, Mothman, 10 bigfoot sightings, okay, Out of the ten, at least six of them are Native Americans. For some reason, Native Americans see Bigfoot more than we do. All right? There's some type of, um, I I don't know what you would call it, with with Bigfoot and and Native Americans. It's the same thing with with, uh, graveyards. Uh, Do you remember, Brian, we was up talking to that guy up in uh, Beaver County with the farm up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had two sightings. Mm Mm-hmm. And right down and the, I asked the him, graveyard, yep. Yeah, I asked him. I says, uh, "You have any Native American blood in you?" And he said, "Why are you asking me that?" And I says, "Well, because you know, yeah." And then it was a graveyard right there too. Remember, the graveyard was down the street, the old graveyard. Yeah, right so, down the street, probably less than half a mile. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of that. We used to go down. Me and a couple other guys used to go down West Virginia, down to uh, Wetzel County, down there. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a mound down there. And the mound, which is really interesting, when you went up the hill to the mound, all right, it was like five miles back in the woods, the temperature would change, all right? And if you would go there in the wintertime, somebody would actually clean the snow off of it. If you was there in the summertime, there was never no leaves on it. Now, who, who would do that? I mean, back five miles in the woods. I have no idea. And some of the stuff that happened around here is ungodly, okay? I mean, I can't really discuss it. But, but again, you know, we've had pictures down there of strange occurrences. But, again, it's a mound. Now, I'm not digging no mound up because I want to get out of the woods. <laughs> but, again, I mean, you know, there's something there. And I think that... We, as, as, you know, people, we don't want to look at that. Uh, it's a damn mound. What the hell? I mean, you know, no, no, it's, it's a mound for a reason. What is there? You
1: no. Know? I understand. I right, uh But it's interesting to imagine... Uh, yeah. an entity taking care of you know do, doing seasonal maintenance on a uh um, isolated mound,
2: yeah but who would be doing it that's the problem i don't who have doing
1: it I I, I, I I don't either i, I have
2: no idea either, i can't answer but,
1: you know and oh, and and you know it's also interesting you brought up uh <laughs> Uh, the temperature changes. Yeah, uh, you know, there's just a lot of these. Once, yeah, you yeah, know, we start looking at br- or br- bringing together different facets of um, eyewitness accounts and you know the science and all all, all the stuff in. in into studying what's reported to you, you' you're giving us new insights into something that is going on that it does not normally happen. Uh, in the backyard it's uh it's just, uh if i had a mound back there i there there's nothing nothing that would explain the snow being brushed off of it
2: right right
1: uh, it, 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 it's you know you're giving us new insights once we start looking at all the evidence that's being presented
2: you know and i'll tell you another thing with that we was down there one week and um well, I'll tell you two things. We was down there one okay. week, and a tree fell. So we cleaned the tree off, okay? There's normally okay. three of us that go down there. So me, we cleaned the tree off. Uh, the, one of the guys was involved in a, in, a, in, a, in a wreck, so he didn't go there next week. and Me and another guy went down. When we went down there, we found five feathers. Again, this is amazing. There was a hole and five feathers in them. Like, again, you know, who put that there? Well, we thought maybe Native Americans. So we talked to a couple Native American uh, people, and they said, no, it was um, uh, like a cult. So, you, again, what is it? Then, one time down there, which is really interesting, I got to judge. You know what the judge is? No. The gun? The gun, the judge. It's a forty five and it shoots a four ten shotgun shell. So we're down there, and we're talking, I ain't shot it for a while, so i Boom, I went up and, you know, I shot it. We walked down off the mound. We got maybe 150 yards down, and, and the guy I was with us. hey, Fred, something was just here. You could tell where, like, it grabbed the tree. We went and looked on the other side of the tree, and there was nail, like nail marks in the tree at least a half an inch in, coming down from eight foot up down, and the juice was still coming out of the tree. Whatever it was was telling me, you may have that gun, but I tell you what, you can see what I'm going to do. And and I think this is with the woods. I mean, I really believe that a lot of this stuff, they protect the woods. I, I don't know, you know, they say back in the olden days, they used to put you in the woods. When they kicked you out of town, they made you go live in the woods. Well, maybe there's a big thing in the woods we don't even know nothing about. But I know I never fired that gun down there again. That's for damn sure.
1: <laughs> so, there, you know, for, it, it, if we're looking at what you just presented, of uh, like this modern um, Well, it just depends on how you want to look at it. Uh, uh, A gun can be an implement of death if you're um, at the other end. Right. Um, I just, you know, I'll also touch on earlier about, um, Uh, the TNT area in the mothman and in manufacturing of um, you know weapons are we supposed to be learning or are 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 they teaching us lessons that uh humans are not learning I believe or they are. many humans okay I believe
2: they are I, I believe that every time you go in the woods, I believe somebody's watching us my own my own opinion and you know a lot of times you're in the woods and you actually hear stuff I mean there ain't nothing there I mean you know you know you heard it and what is it I believe theres stuff out there that we have no idea what it is And again, a gun, I mean, you know, I, I actually take a gun in the woods if I run into a rattlesnake or, a, a, you know, something, a bear or something, you know.
0: Because a gun right. ain't
2: going to do you a damn bit of good with a ghost or a Bigfoot or whatever because you ain't going to kill it, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I understand. You, you know, you're kind of out of your element, but you, know, you, you don't know what could charge you, I understand that, but uh, I, oh uh, uh
3: Bart, I, Brian, did you want to say yeah, something? yeah I think I think you know Fred's right about that, I think a lot of times you do get a feeling that something's there, something's watching you, but you can't say a hundred percent sure, but you feel it, you feel like you're being watched and i do think you should be learning i think we should every time we're out there every time we're on an investigation every time you're talking to a witness eyewitness you should be learning that that's a learning experience um none of us know it all um there's just so much you know the old saying is i know that i do not know and there's just a lot to learn and that's the fun part about this once i think that i don't feel that anymore i think it's time to walk away but right now
2: um there's still a lot of
3: learning and a lot of uh, fun, and uh, you can just learn a lot. Listen to people. Uh, go out and do things. Experience it. Um, you know, don't be afraid of it, but be cautious, but don't be afraid. I think uh, it's just you should be learning, yes, and I think you're, you're, I agree with you on that.
2: You know, and, and another thing, how many times have we been out in the woods, Brian, like you was talking about up at the cave up there? <laughs> a piece of wood come flying through the air,-
3: mm-hmm.
2: how many times have you had rocks thrown at you that nobody was there?
3: yeah, or yeah.
2: something um something's throwing them I mean, I don't know what they are, but they're they they're they come right by your head
0: mm-hmm. wow. yeah, so you
3: wonder it's just it's I all of these phenomena that that we investigate, I do believe that there there's a core there's something at to these things. I don't think. If people are making making this stuff up, I think that there's a core there's a core element that some of this stuff is really happening. And if not, I don't think Fred and I would have ever got into this. No. Uh, uh,
1: uh, Brian and Fred, uh, both of you spoke about e- expeditions <laughs> through the woods. um, i'm sure you know you see uh trail cams set up every once in a while or you know maybe uh people are uh, uh showing their footage to you uh or any local trail cams picking up something unusual a little more bigfoot evidence
3: I, I I think that today a lot of people if you if you see anyone who claims hey I caught this on my troll cam and they share it on like say, just say Facebook because that's the social media they're rigorously attacked and they're like this is nothing this is a guy in a suit and 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 they're literally like actually mostly by the bigfoot community actually and people have seen that and watched that. And I think other people are telling people, it's like, you know, you've got this, the the greatest picture ever of a Bigfoot. Well, you're going to put this thing out, and you're going to get attacked. It's like, why not put it out? And I think a lot of people, for fear of that, aren't putting what they have. I've always believed there's some fantastic evidence sitting on a trail cam in somebody's drawer, and they're not going to share it, because this this can be a very brutal field. Um, If you put something out, and, you know, I know – Fred knows several people that show pictures, and uh, you know, a lot of times you are you are attacked. I I seen you know no. from some myself, and it do people really want to put themselves through that, and begin to want to do it, uh, you know, in today's uh, in today's field.
2: See, see, another another thing with this field, um, with, with UFOs and, and and cryptids and Bigfoot. You got people out there that say they're experts. There is no experts. There's there's seasoned researchers, but there's no experts. Then you got the big. Then you got the big problem with the uh, Bigfoot being a animal, compared to Bigfoot being an interdimensional, compared to Bigfoot being extraterrestrial. Um, You know, if you talk to somebody, I I believe Bigfoot's interdimensional, and 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 uh, UFO. I talk to somebody to believe they're an animal, oh, my God, it's like, you know, I'm from the pits of hell. I mean, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're crazy. Well, why you say I'm crazy? Maybe you're the one that's crazy, you know, but you don't argue with them because you don't get nowhere. The problem is nobody wants to work together today. Everybody wants to be the top dog, and you ain't going to be, and we are never going to find out anything as long as that happens, you know. I'm in this to find mm-hmm. out what it is. Brian's in this to find out what it is. Yep. That's why we go out in the woods.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: and speaking of uh, um, you know, people being reluctant to reveal what's. They may have captured on um, trail cams. Uh, you know, Brian, you were captured on the silver screen. You were an extra in the Mothman prophecies. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, that was that was uh, that was really fun. They. They were doing a shoot for the Mothman properties up in Pittsburgh, and uh, I applied. My wife applied too, and sent him a picture. And, and they And they contacted me, and they, you know, hey, come on out, and they pay you. They they, uh, they give you uh, they give you food for the day. And uh, I shot for two scenes. The one scene that they uh, one was in the park. With Don Keel, which is Richard Gear in the film, was was sitting there, and he looked up, and it was in the park. And I was, they didn't see me because I was all the way on the other side walking. But the other one where they were walking up the library steps, I'm the, I'm the guy on the right uh, holding me up yeah, the suitcase. You, you, it's me, but I'm darkened because I'm walking towards you. can't see my face. I would think that was such a fun thing to do and to say I was able to do that, especially in, uh, you know, About the Mothman Prophecies, which a book which I think is like one of the best, you know, one of the top five books I've ever read and uh, just the chance to do that and if you ever get the chance to, to to do that or be an extra or something, just do it because you'll have a lot of fun.
1: So, so uh, how how far into the movie is it? You, so, uh, people are going to be uh, looking for you on the right hand side of the uh, library steps. Is that like about halfway through the movie or so? Uh,
3: I think it's, it's a little bit before halfway through. It was funny. We saw it at the theater and, uh, I had my mom with me and, uh, my wife and and my brother. And I'm like, as I remember like what shot that I, that I was in. And I go, it was so quick. I said, there I, and I, <laughs> and I was off the screen and I actually, uh, you know, got the DVD and I slowed it down and I actually took a picture. It's like, see, that's me. I was on this like maybe two seconds. <laughs> it was just always been a, it's always been a fun thing. But, uh, yeah, it, it was just fun to do it, and um, you know, just to say that you you did it, and if you get a chance to do experiences like that, you know, by all means do it.
1: <laughs> cool. Okay, we're and we're we're branching out into having actors as guests as, as well.
0: <laughs>
1: so, so, um, um, Fred, what what are some new directions that ufology is going in?
2: <sighs> uh, to be honest with you, I don't see any. I mean they say they're going with disclosure i i I don't see it I mean I think this is a whole new show we can talk about uh this whole stuff, but you know you have the um the new thing with um the stars whatever it is for the space uh, program Bob DeLong. along Bob along <laughs> um, and uh Bigelow um, they're really involved in this i mean the the government uh, you know, again, here I go. I mean, you know, like you got Project Blue Book. It was nothing but a lie. And I think the government's lying about all this stuff right now. They know there's UFOs here. They know what they are. They know where they're from in the whole nine yards. It's all a game with them.
0: hmm
2: and, and the okay, whole thing, okay. like, Brian, like, but like Brian was talking about finding Bigfoot. You know, Brian and I gave a presentation down at um, Beaver Creek. I'll never forget it. And, uh, and there was a guy sitting there, and he looked at me and he says,
0: do you watch
2: Finding Bigfoot? And a couple guys from BFRO were standing there. And I said, no. And he says, why don't you watch it? Because if they found Bigfoot, there would be no damn TV show.
0: <laughs> yeah. You
2: understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing with all right. of this. If we find it, it's done. So we're not going to find it. It's it, it being hit. You know, again, what what are UFOs? Um, are they interdimensional craft? Are they coming from up in the stars? Or are they coming from out of ground? If they're coming from out of ground, are they demons? Um, are they the Nephilim? Um, what are they? We, we don't know. And they've been here for a long period of time. And they're still here. You know? So, I mean, I, I think everything is the same, actually. Do,
1: do you think the Space Force program will reveal any anything for the uh, UFO
2: community? I, I think that's actually the thing of going to, our, to to like Mars and that. And to be honest with you, if the guy who used to run the Skunk Works, uh, uh, Ben Rich, before he died, he made the statement that we can take Bigfoot home. I think we've been out there already. My own personal opinion. I think we've been places where people in America would never believe we've been. So, and I, I think actually, there may be a battle out there amongst the aliens right now. That's why we have that. Again, who knows why they did it? Why Why did they start Star Wars on Reagan, and they never really went any further than that? <laughs> you see what I'm saying?
1: Right. Uh uh, do, do, do you think uh, we're, we're getting any closer to uh, disclosure happening or you know, is there everyone you know just pretty much already aware that you know the UFOs are here and you know it's just you know the government's the only ones who are you know, still uh denying that they exist
2: well i I agree with you there. I, I don't think we're going to have disclosure. Um, you know, if, if it's true that Eisenhower, again, if it's true that Eisenhower met with the aliens back in whatever it was, and uh, they made a deal, how can how can the government turn around and say, yeah, we said they could abduct you? They can't do that. If the government made a deal with the aliens back in, in, in the 50s, they cannot come out and say, yeah, we made a deal. And again, when you're talking aliens, you're talking shapeshifters, all right? Um, who's to say that people in the government are actually reptilians? <laughs> in the daytime, they work on Capitol Hill, and in the nighttime, they run around with tails. I mean, who in the hell knows the difference? All
0: right.
1: Well, so, so, some of them do not act human, so uh,
0: your theory <laughs> could
1: could be right, Fred. <laughs> you
2: see what I'm saying? I mean, really. In a way, the government is today, holy hell, I tell you what, it's ungodly. So. Okay.
3: Well, it, it's possible
2: maybe there could be,
3: how do you say it, that gray area where they do a soft disclosure and they and maybe they're doing that now with the. Uh, this one show with uh, Robert Elizondo. Uh, again, yeah. the name escapes me for one second. No, for, for a second, the name of the show, but I do watch it. Uh, maybe it's a very soft disclosure to see how people will handle it. I think they're basing probably even too much on the old World of the Worlds radio show, where you know they thought that there was that the radio show was aliens, It was a fake thing, and it caused all kind of panic. I think people. will little bit more educated now and that, that they would be able to handle that a little bit better so maybe it'll never be a, a hard disclosure it might be a kind of a soft over years disclosure um, I probably won't see it in my lifetime but uh, you know I do think there's a lot to it or else there wouldn't have been all the secrecy or the uh, you know trying to discredit <laughs> these, this information if, if there was something to
2: it you know, every every president that comes in says they're going to do something about it, and nothing ever gets done. I mean, picture this. You're standing on Main Street. Where do you live at? You live down in Willing, right?
0: It, yeah, in well, down,
1: um, yeah, the countryside. Right, oh, so
2: okay, well, you're down on Main Street in Willing, all right? And you see okay. a reptilian walking down the street. What are you going to do?
1: Now probably hide. you going
2: to, You're going to say, hey, reptilian, how are you? <laughs> You're going to run your ass off. You don't want to be around no reptilian. Yeah. So, again, this is why they're not um, having disclosure. You know, we've we've done a lot of reports with Lupin. I've talked to people that are actually, they say they're hybrids. All right? Um, are they? I mean, so what's really here? I mean, you know, then you got, uh, let you know, but this is another topic, but you got, okay, who runs the show now? The praying mantises. I mean, you look up and you see a praying mantis looking at you. You're on a table. I mean, you know, really? Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think you're going to have disclosure for a long
0: time.
1: Okay. And, um. you know, we have about ten minutes le uh nine, ten minutes left. And if people have enjoyed um you know the information uh you presented or uh you know discussion, uh you know, I just want to give you know give both of you a chance to uh plug the conference again uh, for uh, Saturday, November twenty first, uh, j- just outside of the e- Uniontown, Pennsylvania area. So, uh, right. uh, where's yeah, uh, where's the uh, conference being held again?
2: Okay, it's being held at the uh, Morrell Volunteer Fire Department. And that would be on one two three two University Drive, Dunbar, Pennsylvania. It's, it's Route One Nineteen, before between Uniontown and Cornersville.
1: Okay. And what there's uh, plenty of room, a, a ample seating. Right. So there's gonna be lo- uh, uh, lots of vendors.
2: Yeah. And if you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask.
0: Okay. And I would also
2: like to say that, you know, seeing that Brian and I are on here, one of the things we do, um, you know, like I say, Brian got a group and I got a group. And, you know, we would like if anybody has a sighting or anything to contact us. And I'll I'll give you my... um, email address, and I'm sure Brian can give you his, and we really would appreciate it. Right, Brian? Uh, definitely. Alright, mine would be paranormal 1949 at AOL.com. Go ahead, Brian. Okay. Yeah, and we, we, we
3: have two Facebook pages for our group, uh, and they're uh you just type in one word. Uh, Center for unexplained events is one, and the other is Center for Cryptozoological Studies. And if you would want to contact us with any creature sightings, you can either you can message those pages or email us at one word would be Center for Crypto Studies at gmail.com. And like Fred says, we yeah. appreciate um, yeah. anything yeah. that we get from from you guys.
2: And like I say, we also have West Virginia Move farm and Fayette County, uh, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Research Project.
1: Okay, and uh, most you're, you're very knowledgeable about uh, the Western Pennsylvania area, you know, Greater Pittsburgh
0: uh,
1: area is. Your expertise.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I lived in Florida okay. for 20 years, so, you know.
1: Okay. Um, and it, at the conference, you're going to have four speakers. Dan Hagman. Well,
2: maybe five. Maybe five. A girl's supposed to speak from uh, uh, Arizona, um, Sedona.
3: So, no, that'll be interesting. I like to hear
2: her. Yeah, it's going to to be an interesting uh, uh, conference. And not only that, I mean, every other conference has been shut down this year. We're the only ones that actually had any conferences this year. Yep. So, our group will be
3: bending there, too. So, stop on by.
1: Okay. Um, Okay. we have say four minutes left. If you want to plug anything else or uh, make any final comments, we can wrap. Okay. Brian, you have we any? Co-
3: yeah, we co-sponsor every year the Butler Paranormal Conference. Uh, Dan Hagman, who will be down at Fred's speaking, he he uh, he sponsors it from Boru, and we co-sponsor it from our group Q. And that will be either April 24th or 25th. That Saturday. I keep getting this mixed up, and I can ask my wife. She always tells me. Terry, when is the conference, April 24th or 25th next year? April that Saturday, April 24th. It will be the 13th Annual Butler Paranormal Conference in Lindora. And I can give you more information on that later.
0: Okay.
1: We'll have to do this in about three months to uh, give it a plug. I, I, this is Hopefully a lot of fun. Hopefully, you can make that one too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hey, um, I think uh, you know it's that's. that's uh, you know, we 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 can just wrap, wrap the show now. I just want to thank both of you for uh, making a terrific debut with us on Nightlight, Um, uh, I'll, am interested in com- coming out there. I just, uh, just need to see how things are Friday night. But, uh, uh, if I don't make it there, you know, we'll talk before then. And you know, I just wish you the best of su- success. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to do this again. And hopefully we can definitely get together, uh, in April for the Butler conference. But, uh, yeah, th- thank you again and uh, thank you Barbara for producing the show and you know, if you want to uh, uh, conclude everything uh, that's fine and uh, ha- have a great weekend and we'll see everyone uh, Monday and Tuesday of next week with uh, some uh, great, great shows. Thanks again.